Hello, 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 fellow travelers. Welcome back to the Pilati Presents South Africa podcast, which is a podcast that follows my tour of South Africa as a local, and it particularly focuses on cultural heritage tourism in South Africa. I am so excited about the second episode of the podcast because in today's podcast, we are focusing on the Mapungubwe UNESCO World Heritage Site. Let's move on. Let's move on with the program of today's episode. <laughs> um, so with this, I'll, I, I just want to talk about my experience. Well, I have talked about my experience, but I want to talk more, elaborate more for those people who like, oh, I'm actually interested in, 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 in going to see this place. I want to learn more. I want to have this experience that Pilati is talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope you do, if you do go. So I just want to let you know what you can expect activities that you can do things to look out for um if you get there yeah so when like i mentioned i went to mapungube in 2015 and that was my only visit thus far so put what i'm gonna say in that context so i would encourage you to go do more research for yourselves because that was like seven seven years ago whoa that was a long time ago um so uh take this information that i'm about to share but also do your own research that is relevant to to to, to today and what might have changed in 2022 because you know these places improve they also evolve because they want to you know stay relevant to the time be interesting to you know future visitors so things might have changed but in my experience i when we went to mapungubwe it was in 2015 uh december of 2015 and we were overnight visitors, and by we, I mean me and my dad. This was a father-daughter uh, road trip. <laughs> my mom is not much of a traveler. See, she prefers to uh, stay at home <laughs> rather than travel. So this was a father-daughter trip. And so we were overnight visitors, but um, day visitors are allowed because there's also even a, a, a day visitors area. There are places that day visitors can go and engage with. Um, but overnight visitors, what that means is you can sleep at the national park. And we slept at the... Who, how do I pronounce this name? Liokwe Camp. Yeah, I think I've said that correctly. Um, and this is, uh, I think this... This is a camp that has hut-inspired chalets. The chalets are shaped like um, huts, you know. It was so cool being here. What I liked about this place is that uh, they, the shower, it's outdoors. It's not outdoors, but it's outdoors. <laughs> and what I mean by that, it's, you're still in the, in the chalet, um, but when you shower, you can see the sky above you. 
and you can see the animals if you're lucky enough that animals are passing by as you are showering <laughs> but i don't think animals would be because um this is a uh, i think this camp might be enclosed so people can feel free to to walk around the camp because guys there are wild animals at mapungube right so you don't want to be walking around next to your chalet and then be attacked by a lion <laughs> so i i think animals are restricted from this area but basically you can see the sky above you you still feel like you're part of nature even when you're showering i remember i could see the the trees outside when i could peek through um the the gaps in the shower enclosure uh so that's what i liked and what i liked also at night there's no tv there's no technology in in a sense of entertainment um but there are stoves i think yeah there is a stove it's a self catering place so there should be a stove there's definitely a bright area um but and this therefore what i liked about this it is silent and what you can hear is you can hear the sounds of the night right it is so beautiful i found that very beautiful very calming and relaxing i just wanted to stay there forever you can hear the crickets you can and it sounds like music guys it sounds like music it, i really found it beautiful maybe other people might not find that uh beautiful they might be like oh i want to watch tv to you know to to survive the night right uh but that was not me but if you're that person who wants um entertainment i suggest that you bring a book or you know a laptop <laughs> so that you can you know watch something or entertain yourself through the night but i really enjoyed that silence and that time away from technologies such as tv radio the laptops i wasn't prepared for that cuz i did not know what we were going into when we went to mapungube but even when that happened i didn't find it disappointing at all when i learned that oh there's no tv i didn't find it disappointing at all and you get to go to bed to bed early because of that um so that's my experience of being an overnight visitor what ha- happened also another activity that we engaged with uh the day that we arrived we did a sunset drive a sunset game drive guided game drive where you can go and see the animals and see the wildlife see the nature the bush felled and the baobab trees oh and guys the baobab trees they are so big they are so big <laughs> they are so big guys i i've never seen such huge trees in my life they are big and tall you cannot wrap your arms around that honestly you cannot wrap your arms around the baobab trees that are found at mapungube they are so big and if i remember while those trees are like 
thousands and thousands and thousands of years old so so those are some of the things of nature that you can see when you're on your game drive or guided game drive and my pungube we did that but i wouldn't suggest that you do a sunset or a night game drive i found that disappointing i don't want to lie because you can't see anything <laughs> right uh, because the sun is setting or if you're doing it at night there is no light so um the things that we saw the animals that we saw if i remember what we saw i definitely remember seeing an animal an, an elephant or elephants and how i remember this is because our driver was so afraid of the elephants because he has history with them he i remember he told us a, a story of where he saw a car being crushed by an elephant and i once saw a video video once went viral in south african news or south african media where there was this car being crushed by an elephant so i can understand where his fear comes from and he was so afraid of getting close to those elephants and when they would just do the smallest of movement he would just like frantically reverse or you know drive the car to a different location so that's why i remember that we saw elephants and i can't remember any other animals that we saw on that drive we did see many other animals um uh, uh later on when we were driving through the national park by ourselves but at that time we didn't see much and i remember we were trying to see lions we wanted to see lions but because it was night the sun was setting we didn't see much so i would suggest that if you're gonna do a guided game drive preferably do the ones that are in the morning unfortunately for these ones you have to wake up very very early like by six o'clock you are on the car and you're driving because i don't think they do game drives during the day because it gets so hot and if you're gonna go to mapungwa this is another thing that i suggest i suggest that you probably go in winter seasons or colder days colder seasons because it gets very hot it gets so hot <laughs> I don't know how else to emphasize that it gets very, very hot. Like, that type of heat that drains the life out of you, that's the type of heat that, that is there. So it's like a safari type of place for the international listeners. So it's a safari type of place. And usually with those kinds of activities, it's preferable to do them either very early in the morning or to do them in winter seasons because the sun is less less hot <laughs> and therefore it, it 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 takes less out of you so that was one of the activities that we did um so following the game drive i did mention that you can drive through the park by yourself um no 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 did i yes i did because we did that so if you choose to not do the game drive the guided game drive you can still go and um see go do a drive or drive through the park yourself um but i suggest that you do not get out of the car right uh don't there's even signs throughout the park that says do not get out of your car 
because it's dangerous. It's wild animals. And if you're not with a, a guide who carries a rifle or some kind of we- weapon to ward off the animals, then you're putting your life in danger. And I remember we came that close to doing that as well because um, as we were driving through the park, there was like this... Uh, it's, some, it's, a, it's a thing that comes from the, the Boer War uh, where the guerrilla soldiers, for lack of a better way of saying it, the Boers, yes. Um, so the the Boer soldiers, they create. They had built. I think it's a fort. I I don't know how to describe it, but they had built the structure from which to hide or disguise themselves. And my dad was very interested in going into the structure and seeing it. And luckily enough, just before he made the suggestion, I had seen the sign that says, do not get out of the car. And so when he was like, let's go and see, I was like, hell no, am I doing that? Because, you know, what if there's a a lion hiding there? And then we walk into a trap where we find ourselves being a dish, a nice meal for a lion. So... (laughs) I laugh because to this day it still traumas traumatizes him. Sometimes when he thinks about Mapungu, where he just he just has this expression where he feels like yo, I do- I dodged death, like he he can't he does not forget that moment. So do not get out of your car, guys, if you are going to do your own self guided tour drive of um Mapungube. stay in your car we do not want to hear that you were eaten up by lions guys so please stay in your cars um so another thing that we did we did a three hour long guided heritage tour of Mapungube hill and if you're not going to do anything else at Mapungube. This is definitely the thing to do. If you're going to go to Mapungubwe and you have the choice of doing one thing, this is it, guys. The the heritage tour of Mapungubwe Hill. So this was a morning one. Um, So we had to be, that means we had to be there at 6 o'clock, 6.30. They take the, the, the guests or the tourists up to the hill. And this was very fascinating because... It, you know, I saw more animals this time around because before you get to the hill, you have to drive through the park and uh, where they fetch the guests, it's at the main gate. So you the, the hill is not close to the main gate. So we drove a bit and we saw a lot of animals. We saw hyenas and I remember we saw springboks. They just came out of nowhere and I was taking pictures and I'm going to post these pictures of um, Mapungube, of, of this trip that I'm talking about. I'm going to post them on a Facebook group. Remember in the last episode I mentioned that I would like to create a Facebook group? Um, I'm going to create it even though there are no members yet and possibly no listeners at the time right now of the second episode i'm just gonna post these pictures of these trips that i talk about so that if you want to have a visual um idea of what i'm talking about you can just go to the facebook group 
and see and not only just see but also engage and also share your travels that's if you do decide to go to Mapungubwe please if you decide to go to Mapungubwe and you take pictures please come back to this Facebook group that I'm going to create and post your pictures so that we can see we can see more learn more because they're definitely parts of the national park that I haven't seen that I might have missed although we try to do a lot I'm sure they're definitely parts of the park that I have missed so please 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 add on to this information that I'm sharing in the Facebook group and in the podcast so as I was saying there was as we were driving I was taking pictures and then these spring bugs came out of nowhere and they came just at the time as I was clicking the picture and so I have those picture of spring box just jumping in front of our our car what do they call the, the, the those those um game drive cars uh it was a Land Rover I think let me not lie <laughs> a Ranger I don't know those those things that you take when you are going on a game drive those cars when we were there so I took this picture and luckily enough it was at it was just at the time when these spring box came out of nowhere. So that's another part that I like. This time I wasn't disappointed because I could see more of the park versus with the sunset game drive. I saw nothing. And so following the short drive, you stop somewhere and then you have to walk to the hill. And so it's a distance between where they park, in our case, where our our guide parked the car um to where the hill is and he had to walk around with a rifle and we were like why are you carrying that weapon around us and he's like just in case there's a leopard that pops out of nowhere or a lion so that i can shoot it before it comes to us we're like what really really like literally we are walking in the wild what and this was made more apparent there's a picture that and i took a picture of this apparent of a footprint there's a footprint of a cat a big cat i don't know what kind of animal it was um but i saw it in the sand of where we were walking and um uh so it just made it obvious that we are walking in the wild and when i think back to that moment i'm just like oh pilati you were so dumb you were so dumb in that moment because I was trying to take pictures. I was just trying to take pictures of every single moment. So I got left behind. <laughs> so the others would walk. My dad, the other guest and the guide, they would just walk ahead of me. And so here I am behind them, a few um, steps or meters behind them. And what if a lion or a leopard or some kind of wild, dangerous beast was lurking around watching and like yeah nang yeah there she is the isolated one i'm gonna attack her and she's not focusing she's just snap snap snapping away so <laughs> that's dramatic but yeah i still i still become traumatized when i think about that but nothing happened luckily because here i am sharing my sharing details about my tour but that's another warning if you if you're gonna take such tours or drives please stay with the group 
do not allow yourself to be left behind or isolated from the group especially if they say that you know if if they have to carry around weapons you know to protect y'all stay with the person that has the weapon okay <laughs> so um yeah and then we walked up to the hill it's steep it is very steep um but there are steps you know that you can use to climb but still those steps are steep and if you uh, have a fear of heights it might be a problem but don't let your fear get in the way because you know just be open with your guide and they they're gonna be so kind hopefully mine was because my dad had i learned that that day when we were walking up to the hill i learned that my dad has a fear of heights because it took us such a long time to get to the top because he was afraid uh, and so he was clutching to these stairs uh, but he eventually got up to the top of the hill and did not allow himself to be to to miss out on this opportunity uh, and that's what I encourage to those people who might have a fear of heights. Just take it one step at a time until you reach the end so that you can have this experience of, you know, being in this historical place of significance. Um. So, and when we got to the top of this hill, that's when I saw these things that that I just talked about you know that the history books talk about the the dry stone walls um the fragments of pottery the sand that's been talked about and there's also um a place where you can see african or, or how do i describe this you know like chess a chess board you know the western idea of chess this thing that we saw it's apparently the african version of chess right and my dad i remember him saying that we played this when we were growing up as kids and that just goes to show this connection that we personally have to this place um that our culture that our language has to this place because as my dad said he played the games that he saw at the top of this mountain. He played them as a child. And so, yeah, we, we saw, you know, that. We, they even played a bit, him and the guide, uh, and showed us who don't know, you know, how it's played. So you can see that game. I, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I am struggling to describe what it looks like. I hope that there's a picture of it, and I'll also post that in the group um yeah and it was so wonderful just being here we also saw um the graves um that that these remains were found in right and it wasn't just like the remains of the golden rhino and the wires and the bowels but also human remains and um unfortunately these human remains uh, at the time they were stored at at the University of Pretoria, but I think there was a petition that the 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 locals of that area made to have those bones come back 
to where they were found so that they could bury them and, and put them in their proper place instead of them being in some laboratory, in some archive and being some test study. So hopefully the bones are back, <laughs> the skeletal human remains are back and they are being treated with, uh, with honor and dignity instead of just subjects. Um, but yeah, we saw these graves where these remains were found. And we also saw this place. And it is assumed, well, our guide at the time, he said that this is where they stored their meat as, fr- as a fridge, right? So they dug a hole in this hill. So it's a cool area. So they, they would put the meat in this area. So they'd put salt on it to preserve it. And then put the meat in this area to make it last longer so that their meat could last longer. And it makes sense because these people were living at the top of a hill and it's a steep hill. So I don't think they would just go down every day to grab, you know, some meat and then do that work of coming back up every day. So they found ways of preserving that meat so that they could have it longer where they are at and have a meal. <laughs> um, so it was so fascinating because it shows that, you know, we were progressive. We were also technologically advanced. Yes, it might not have been a fridge like today, but that concept that, oh, let me store my meat in a dry, in a dry and cool area so that I can have it last longer it manifests the level of thinking and creativity that they had and innovation that they had. And this is also emphasized by, you know, the artworks that we find, like the golden rhino, like who can, you know, people shaped gold with their own hands and turned them, turned that mineral into objects of art right so so there was a lot to see on top of that hill i could go on forever and ever about that hill so please go see it for yourself go be there have this experience or something even much more better than what i'm talking about for yourselves and my pumube because i still have a long a few more things to talk about about what we saw when we were at Mapungube. Another thing that we did was the confluence lookout or viewpoint. So Mapungube is on or close to the banks. Or let me say the Mapungube Hill, right? It's close to the banks of the Limpopo River. And this is the confluence between Limpopo and the Shashi River. And the confluence, by confluence, I mean a meeting place, right? So in this divide between the Shashi River and the Limpopo River, the Shashi River that comes up, comes down from the north, right? Uh, and then the Limpopo River that comes from the east, or whichever way you decide to look at it. I'm sorry, my geography is bad. I'm sorry if I threw you off there. <laughs> but yeah, there's this confluence there. And at this confluence, is where Zimbabwe, Botswana, and South Africa meet. So these rivers are what divide um, um, the three countries. Uh, it's, basi- it's basically the borders 
between the three countries. And that was another interesting thing for me. Um, it just showed that these this idea of borders, it's a very imagined thing, right? It's not a natural thing. Um, because I remember seeing, uh, you know, from the Zimbabwe side, I remember seeing girls walk into the river to to fetch water, to fetch drinking water. I remember they were carrying buckets on their head and they were walking into the river. And then from the Botswana side, I could see boys jumping. From the Zimbabwe side, the girls were walking into the Limpopo River. And from the Botswana side, the boys were jumping and swimming in the Shashi River. And I just remember, like, here we are. We are literally at the same place, but we are people of different nations. Those girls are Zimbabweans, those boys are, are, are Botswana, and I am a South African. And this is just because of this idea of borders. So that was very fascinating to me that, oh, wow. We are literally on the same place, but we are not the same group of people. So do that, do go have that experience. At the time when we went, the Limpopo River was not full. So it was mostly uh, a dry river. Um, but there are seasons when these rivers get full and just go have that experience just to to have that experience of I'm so close yet so far away, right? I'm like, like, Botswana is literally across this river or Zimbabwe is literally across this river. Yet, I can't just go there because I need to go fetch my passport. I need to pass through a border gate and and get in legally. So it was just fascinating for me to just have those thoughts to have that experience where I'm so close, yet I'm so far away. I'm one with these people, yet I am not one with these people. Um, and all because of the politics that later came on. Um, so there are a lot of viewing decks that you can go to. So do give yourself time. There's so much to do at Mapungube. I would suggest that if you go, give yourself two days. We try to do all of this in over one night, right? <laughs> like we literally, if you if you were to put our experience at Mapungube, it was one day. So I would suggest that you have you be there for two nights, so that the first night when you arrive, you can do half of the activities. The second day when you wake up. Um, you can do the rest of the activities, many of them being about, you know, going to these lookout areas, these viewpoints, and sitting there and experiencing, like, immersing yourself in the place and not just going, taking a picture or walking up and going into the next viewing place. Like, really be there, sit in that moment and and enjoy it, you know? I wish... We had that, but we had such a big itinerary, not in Mapungua alone, but 
we had to go to other place. We would eventually go to Mpumalanga and then go to the Northwest. And so there was so much in one week that we tried to cram so that the experience felt, although I was able to take in those moments, I was really able to take it in. But at the same time, there were some parts of the trip where I felt like I was rushed. I can't sit there for too long. I can't lose myself in this place. I have to go to the next thing. So I would say that you really, I would advise you to give yourself time to really immerse yourself in this place and take it in so that you can have these memories and have them last for a lifetime. And not just be like, oh, what did we did do again? I remember I was there, but I can't remember what we did exactly. So, um, yeah. So, so there are a lot of viewing decks, viewing points that you can look at this confluence from. So you can have different angles of looking at the confluence. So uh, give yourself time. Give yourself time to walk to each one and just enjoy the experience of being there um there's also a treetop walk and this is what i'm gonna talk this is what i mean by having a memory of being at a place but not remembering what it's like this is the memory where the memory of the treetop walk that's one that is hazy i remember do taking that treetop walk but i can't remember what it was like exactly what did we pass through i remember passing through trees but i don't remember now i can't remember what does it mean to walk to do a treetop walk right but that's another thing that you should look out for and when you do please come back to the facebook group and tell us what a treetop walk is because my memory of it is hazy all i just remember there's this it's this bridge it's sort of like this bridge and it walks between the trees right and as you're walking you can you feel a bit closer whereas with the 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 viewing decks or the lookout platforms of the confluence you feel far from the river whereas with the treetop walk you feel very close to the river and you can see birds i think that's why they made the treetop walk it's for the bird watchers so that they can be up close to the tree so that's my my memory of it but it's very hazy i can't remember the details to a t the last thing that we did on on this um tour of mapungube was the interpretation center and this is the place where the museum is located right it's very close to the to the gate to the main gate of the national park so this is one of the things that the day visitors can do and the interpretation center the quote that i have it says it puts into perspective the history of the mapungubu cultural landscape it has some of the most important finds from mapungubu hill including the golden rhino and yes that's it it's a museum um, a very fancy museum, I must say. Like, at the time, I think it was new at the time. So everything, my memory of the museum is that everything was bright and clean and white, you know. Um, but this is another experience that we had to rush through uh, because we we were worried that, oh, we have to go to the next place. And so we don't want to drive at night. So... 
what we did, we had asked one of the people that worked there to guide us, you know, through to just briefly um, take us through the museum so that we can get a quick understanding of what's happening here. And um, uh, it was... <laughs> It was uh, it was quick. It was brief, and I can't remember what she said. And uh, I've learned from that. I've since learned from that. Ever since then, and this is why I like traveling by myself because I can determine how long I sit at something, how long do I read something, how long do I engage with something. But ever since then, whenever I go into a museum, I I I I really give time to the museum. I do not rush. I've learned a lot from that trip. Um, just in not just with museums, also with with trips in general. Instead of trying to pack too much, I tried to pick top threes, top three things, and even three things is a lot, guys. I've recently learned that at another trip that I did, a solo trip that I did, that I'll eventually talk about, and I thought, oh, it's just these three things, so I'll do these and I'll have enough time. No. <laughs> I, it, there was just not enough time, um, and, yeah, time, time was, ah, passing me by, um, but that's another story that we'll engage in at another time, but, yeah, I've learned that if you're gonna plan a trip, really engage with the things that you have identified that you're gonna engage with, especially when you're gonna go into museums, um, because even guided tours, tour, tour guides, um, they, 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 they are human beings. <laughs> and especially if you're a human being that knows everything about that place that is there, you, you take things for granted. You forget that for this other person, it's a new experience. And so you 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 might rush through things, taking it for granted that this person does not know anything about this place. And so I felt like that guide was very brief and I left there not understanding much. You know, it's supposed to be an interpretation center and I didn't get much interpretation. <laughs> so, um, but I do remember seeing the golden rhino and that was worth it at least i got to see these findings that they're talking about you know what was on the hill because you're not going to see the findings on the hill you're going to see them in the interpretation center and that was the 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 takeaway from the interpretation center that oh at least i got to see the golden rhino and it's so small when you look at the pictures online you think oh this thing is big and then you get, it's so small, it's so tiny, it's so delicate. It feels like if you were to hold it in the palm of your hand, it's just gonna like, you know, fall apart and turn into dust in your hand. And yeah, so that is the big thing about the interpretation center that I remember. There's also this architectural design that says Afrocentrism, Afrocentrism, Afrocentrism. That's how it's built. I don't know how to describe it, but you'll know when you see it. It has this very unique design that I've not seen anywhere else but at Mapungube. There's also a restaurant that you can go eat at. And we did eat. This they 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 sell very nice food. 
I, I remember we bought like the pup and some type of meat. I forgot what my, that meat is. So there is something for the Westerners and there is some things for the locals. Because just to try and keep to that thing of, oh, this is, we're trying to give an African experience here. Or an, an experience of this civilization. And therefore, that experience is not only in the the place and the tours but it's also in the food itself. So that was my experience of Mapungubwe. Um, do go check it out for yourself, uh, especially if you're an African person, no matter how old you are how, or how young you are. Parents, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, take your kids along. So... Do do that. Do go to Mapungubwe. If your parents do take your kids along. And um, when you do that, please share your travels in the Facebook group that I'm going to create. I will mention what the name is. I'm still undecided on the name. So I'll mention the name in the next episode of the podcast. Um, so that you can have you can have access to the group and that we can have this conversation. I really want to see your trips, guys. I mean it. I mean it. I want to see your trips. I want to see what you get up to. I want to learn more. Not only, like I mentioned in the previous episode, not only do I want to give information, but I want to learn. And I want to learn from you guys as well. As much as I'm learning from books, I'm learning from my own experience. I want to learn from others. And that includes you so please do go into the facebook group share your travels uh even if you don't have anything to share feel free to get into the podcast um into the group facebook group and ask a question if you feel like you need some more clarity on some things that i say in these episodes that i discuss of these different places that i've been to um and i will freely answer your question or if the the group there's more people in the group and those people have offered also have traveled to these places that you're asking about they can also bring in their two cents so please guys share i want to see i want to see i want to see i'm so excited about this facebook group and i'm going to mention the name in the next podcast thank you for listening i am so sorry for the length of this podcast but Mapungube was so precious to me still is that I couldn't just um be brief about it I had to really help you understand the context the place the history what happened there how it came to be its significance and then I had to talk about my experience and I was very naive to think that I could be able to do all of that in 30 minutes i enjoyed sharing this information i hope it was worthwhile for you thank you for listening and i will see you in the next episode until then keep good make good quit make good choices see you next week